Welcome to the Peavine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland, and we take timeless biblical truth and help you to apply it in the context of your daily life. You can always join us live each Sunday morning at 8.30, 9.45, or 11 a.m. at our Rock Spring, Georgia campus, or at 11 a.m. at our Rossville, Georgia campus, which is just outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Well, thank you to our praise team who did a fantastic job of leading us in worship today. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 11. I started a sermon series uh, a few weeks ago before Easter entitled uh, Connect, Avoiding Separation During Isolation. And during this time of social distancing and social isolation, it's a good opportunity for us to learn to connect, starting off with learning to connect with God. And so uh, we've looked at that. You connect with God, first of all, by knowing him. Second of all, by being in his word. And today I want to preach on this subject, conversation starters, Luke chapter 11. Just find your place. We'll read there in a moment. If you're like most people, you have a clear, hands down, favorite topic that you like to talk about. What is your favorite topic? What is everybody's favorite topic? Here's what science tells us, psychology tells us, that your favorite topic is me. Not me, you. Like, you don't like talking about me. You like talking about your me, your you. On average, we're told, 60% of our conversations are, are, are us talking about us. When it comes to social media, 80% of our conversations are about me. Now, a recent study in Scientific America tells us why we like talking about ourselves. Why do we like talking about ourselves so much? Here's why. Because Scientific America tells us it feels good. Harvard researchers just did a study, and they asked people to talk about themselves. And while they talked about themselves, they scanned their brains. And here's what they discovered. While they were scanning their brains, while people were talking about themselves... It lit up the parts of our brain associated with motivation and reward. Now, in case you don't think that's a big deal, it's the same part of the brain that's associated with pleasures like comfort food. For example, if you eat fried chicken, pizza, or macaroni and cheese, it would light up the same parts of your brain that light up when you talk about yourself. None of that that researchers told us is the same parts of your brain that light up if you take a hit of cocaine. It's, we, we like talking about ourselves really, really a lot. And the article put it this way. Let, let me read it to you. They said, activation of this system in the brain when discussing ourselves may be inherently pleasurable and that people may be motivated to talk about themselves more than other topics no matter how interesting those other topics may be. In other words, we love talking about ourselves because it feels good. It is a neurological buzz when we talk about ourselves. We get a huge buzz from talking about ourselves. But here, here's the problem with you talking about yourself all the time. We're talking about ourselves to the wrong people. You know why? We talk about ourselves to other people and their favorite topic is not you. You know what their favorite topic is? Them. 
And so everybody's favorite topic is me. And so we're talking to other people about ourselves, but they don't want to hear about us. They want to hear about them. And so we're talking to people who, for, through no fault of their own, are waiting for us to get finished so they can talk about themselves, which is their favorite topic. What do we do with all this? If you love talking about you, but nobody else loves you talking about you, who do you talk to? Well, this morning I want to introduce you to God. Because talking to God is called prayer. And I want to tell you this morning that God is incredibly interested in you. See, when you, when you talk to God in prayer, God is not thinking about himself. God is thinking about you. And when you talk to God in prayer, you're talking to someone who is incredibly interested in the topic of you. Not only that, when you talk to God in prayer, you're talking to someone who is always accessible in prayer. Not only that, you're talking to someone who can actually make a difference in your life because what we typically do is talk about ourselves to somebody else who can't do anything to make us better in life. But when I pray and talk to God about me, I'm now talking to someone who can make a difference in my life and talking to God in prayer can actually be a game changer in my life. So how do you do that? Well, we talked about connecting with God by knowing him, connecting with God through the Bible, and now connecting with God in prayer. These three things are the cornerstone of the Christian life. How do you connect with God in prayer? How do you, how do, how do we have a conversation with a holy God? Well, it's a difficult question, but here's what we know. God answered the question for us. And he answered the question in Luke chapter 11. So let me, let me read for you a, verse of, a, pa- a passage of scripture that will be kind of familiar. Luke chapter 11, verse number 1. Though this is not the passage you're normally used to reading. Verse number 1. Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John also taught his disciples. He said to them, wherever you pray, whenever you pray, say, Father, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us and do not bring us into temptation. Those four verses are the cornerstone for how we have a conversation with God. Embedded in there are, are some ideas on we can, how we can have a conversation starter with God. Now, get this, we call that the Lord's Prayer, but that was never meant to be a formula prayer. Rather, it was meant to be a how-to prayer. It was a, it was a diagram for, in general, how we ought to pray. They were not meant to be magical words or prayed like an incantation over and over again. Instead, he was giving his disciples a pattern of prayer. Now, Matthew records the same Lord's Prayer, really the disciples' prayer, but it's been called the Lord's Prayer over the years in Matthew chapter 6. And Matthew has some other things in it that Luke's does not have. And so some have said, well, that one was Matthew's account, one was Luke's account. But most scholars believe it's two different accounts because in Matthew, Jesus was teaching it on the Sermon on the Mount to a general audience of thousands. Luke's prayer was a response to Jesus's disciples saying, teach us how to pray. So Luke chapter 11 was more the mentorship of prayer than the sermon on prayer. It's okay for there to be two different prayers. 
that Jesus didn't utter a, a rote prayer every time he prayed. Different occasions call for different utterances. So we find out here in Luke chapter 11 how we can start a conversation with God and how we can connect with him. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you six conversation starter tips on prayer. Six conversation starter tips. I'm not going to dive into the deep recesses of prayer because I don't think that's what we need. I think we need to know how do I get started talking to God. And all six of these are laid out in the disciples' prayer in Luke 11, 1 through 4. Let me give you six things. Here they are. How do I start a conversation with God? Number one, be habitual. Here's what he said in verse 1. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples to pray. The disciples had watched and listened to Jesus pray over and over again. They listened to John the Baptist pray over and over again in their hearts. And they said to Jesus, Jesus, teach us to connect with God the way you and John connect with God. We just heard you pray, Jesus, and that, that is phenomenal the way you pray. We've heard John pray, Jesus. It is phenomenal the way John prays. And so, God, Jesus, here's what we want you to do. Teach us. How do we connect with God the way you and John the Baptist did. Now, here's what that request means. Did you know that prayer is not something that is learned automatically? Prayer is not a natural exercise. Like, it's not natural to pray. You just don't get saved and, and wake up and say, oh man, I am great at prayer. No, in most cases, effective prayer has to be taught and learned, taught and learned, taught and learned. I want to tell you that you're, you're listening to me and there's no shame in not knowing how to pray. Or feeling uncomfortable in prayer. That's where, that's where most of us are. There's only shame if we don't ask to be taught and learn. As a result, we spend years of our Christian lives ineffectual in prayer. That's the shame. So number one is be habitual. The Greek scholar Robertson translated this request in the Greek this way. He said because of the tense of the verbs and construction of the sentence, he said the, the sentence, the, the, the phrase ought to be translated this way. Teach us the habit of prayer. Jesus, teach us the habit of prayer. The disciples had watched Jesus and John pray, and they had seen the power in life they had, and they knew it was a regular habit for them to play. So I pray. So I believe they were struggling, even in the habit of prayer. The very disciples who walked with Jesus every day were struggling in prayer. Though they had heard John the Baptist pray, though they had heard Jesus pray, they were not good at it. If you want to connect with God, you're going to have to get in that habit of prayer. The regular, consistent frequent communication with God in order to connect with him. And can I say this? If you have to introduce yourself to God every time you pray, you are not going to connect with God. If your prayers basically start off this way every time, Lord, it's Joel. I know you haven't heard from me in a long time. You may not even remember who I am. I got saved 20 years ago, God, and you haven't heard from me much then, but God, I've been able to take care of life myself most of this time. But Lord, I want to introduce myself to you and let you know I got a problem now too big for me. I know you'd never start a prayer off with that way, but if you feel like you ought to, you're never going to get on a personal level with God. Let me ask you a question at home. How many of you have ever had an awkward elevator ride? Raise your hand. I see that hand at home. I see it through the television screen. Like you've had an awkward elevator ride. Well, you're not alone. 
The Seattle Times tells us this, that silence is the most thing said in elevators. The the elevator company found out that 66% of people riding in elevators around the world, 7 billion elevator trips every day, never say a word to each other in the elevator. If an average elevator ride is 30 seconds, 66% of people spend 38 and a half million hours in silence every single day. 38 and a half million hours in silence every single day. And here's the deal. If we do pray, if we do, excuse me, if we do talk, what do we say? Hey, how you doing? And then we write in silence. Can I tell you, that's how many of us pray. You pray like you're on a 30-second elevator ride with a stranger. You don't know how to talk to the stranger. You don't know what's going on in their lives. You don't know what their desires, wants, feelings are. And we, we approach God much the same way. And can I tell you, we'll never overcome that unless we become habitual in prayer. So I want to ask you this morning, how consistently do you pray? If you want to connect with God, doing it on a regular, habitual basis, it is a must that you connect with God in prayer. You say, preacher, I'm not good at prayer. Hey, hey, none of us feel great at prayer. But when you do it over and over again, every day of your life, and spend that hour with God every day, it's the best conversation starter you can have with a holy God. Just connect with him every day, no matter how awkward it feels. Number one, be habitual. Number two, be respectful. Here's what he said in verse 2. Whenever you pray, this is Jesus talking, pray, Father, your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come. That word in the Greek there for holy, some translate it hallowed in the Greek. It means to set apart or sanctify or to treat it as it's holy. The request was for God's reputation to be revered by men. God's name is in effect his reputation among men, but essentially it stands for God himself. Men are to speak of God with appropriate reverence and honor. I know what you're thinking. Wait, God's my friend, right? He is. He is. God is your friend. You are a friend of God if you know him as Savior of your life. But can I tell you this? We are to be respectful when we approach him in prayer. When we hallow his name and pray for his kingdom, get this, I love it, we are humbling ourselves and saying this in our prayer. Follow me. When you hallow the Lord's name, Father, your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come. Here's what you're doing, two things. You're saying, Lord, I'm about to ask you for some things, but before I do, two things I want to tell you, God. Number one, God, you're bigger than me and you know best. God, you are the God of the universe. God, your name alone is holy. God, your name alone is the creator of all that there is and sustainer of life. God, I'm about to pray and ask you for some things. But Lord, I want to say right up front, you are bigger than me and you know better than me. Number two, the second thing Jesus is telling us to say is your kingdom, God, is more important than my That is a holy, reverent, humble approach to prayer. So that our praying really is, God, your will be done. Now listen this morning, you want to connect with God? Have a respectful, humble attitude in prayer. 
Approach God as the creator, sustainer, and giver of all that there is and all that there ever will be. And you approach God with this attitude. God, you are bigger than me and you know better than me. Because you know what? You know what you're going to do sometimes in prayer? If you, talk, if you pray to God at all, you know what you're going to do sometimes? I know because I've done it. You're going to ask for some dumb things. Like you're going to pray for things that uh, uh, six weeks later, you're thrilled God didn't answer that prayer. Like you would have made a mess of your life if God had answered that prayer. So you need to approach prayer and say, God, here's what I'm praying for. Here's what I think your will is. God, here's what I think I need and what I want. But God, just let me tell you, you're bigger than me and you know better than me. Your will be done. And God, next, I, I, Lord, I tend to be selfish in my prayer. I, t- I tend to pray about my kingdom more than your kingdom. So, Lord, here's what I want to tell you. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. God, it's more about you than it is about me. So God, I am willing to be respectful in prayer. Your name is holy, mine is not. Your kingdom is more important than mine. Mine is not. God, your will be done. That's what it means to be respectful in prayer. Number number three, we want to connect with God in prayer. Number three, be practical. Here's what he said in verse number three. Give us each day our daily bread. Be practical. This is a request for food that is necessary to sustain life for the day. This is a request for our personal needs to be met. The word daily reveals that God's provision is daily and believers do not need to worry from one day to the next. Christians cannot store it up and then cut off communication with God. We can't pray. Here's how God does not want us to pray. Lord, feed me for the rest of my life and I won't bother you anymore. No, he wants us to depend upon daily bread so we don't become self-satisfied, so that we don't become dependent on ourselves more than we are dependent upon God. The word translated daily there is, is a unique word. It's only found twice in the New Testament, and both times it's found in this prayer. And it can have three different meanings. Here, it can mean this. Give us, give us number one, our, our daily bread. Number, the first meaning is what is necessary for existence. Number two, it meant for this day. And number three, it meant for the following day. All of those apply. Lord, Lord, give me the bread, the things that are necessary for my existence. Lord, give me the things that are necessary for today. God, give me the things that are necessary for tomorrow. The word speaks of the necessity of existence and our dependence upon God to meet the necessities of our existence. It's a practical prayer. Lord, here's what we need daily. I want to tell you when it comes to prayer, God is encouraging you to be practical in your praying. You don't need to come to God with some super spiritual flowery language. God does not care about any of that. He would rather you just be practical and tell him the things you won't desire and need in life. What assurance it ought to give us as children of God that our heavenly father is even concerned about the practical needs in our life. Read the story about uh, during World War II, Allied armies gathered up thousands of hungry, homeless children. They placed them in large camps just immediately after the war to try to nourish them back to health. The children were abundantly fed, they were abundantly cared for, but at night the children did not sleep well at all. They seemed to be restless and afraid and the soldiers that we couldn't get them to go to sleep. So finally a psychologist came up with an idea. They said feed the children all they can eat, all they want to eat. Just give them everything they need and then when you tuck them in bed, 
give them a, low, a, a piece of bread to take to bread, bed with them. If they eat it, give them another piece. And so you had these hundreds and hundreds of children who were going to bed clutching a piece of bread. And they tell us that they slept great after that. Why? Because they went to bed knowing that there was food for tomorrow. Can I tell you, child of God, that we can take the same assurance to bed with us knowing that God cares about the practical needs of our life. Whatever your needs are right now, in the middle of a coronavirus pandemic, take your fear to God and give it to him. God doesn't need you to be super spiritual. God needs you to trust in him. Take your fear to God and, and, and talk to him about it. Take your anxiety to God and talk to him about it. Take your job and, uh, to God and talk to him about it. Take your money situation to God and talk to him about it. Take your food situation. Take your health situation. God, I need direction in life. He cares about it all. Take it all to God. Connect with God. You want to connect with God? Be practical. Let me show you the Fourth thing he tells us, number four, be spiritual. Verse number four, and forgive us our sins. Now, connecting with God means a dive into the spiritual as well, that we need to examine our relationship with God so we can go to him in prayer and find forgiveness so that we can move forward in our spiritual, our Christian life. So when you have a conversation with God, when you connect with God, it is always wise to examine your relationship with him and see where you stand. Most of the time when you do, you will discover sin in your life that you need forgiveness for. You'll discover shortcomings in your life that you need forgiveness. Yeah, man, can I say this? And I just say this from years of praying that you will discover nuances of guilt you wouldn't have noticed otherwise. You say, well, preacher, is that good? It's so healthy because sometimes we're walking around with this guilt that we can't identify until we ask God about it. And we have done something that just didn't line up with God and his word. And you'll discover that those times when your spirit was screaming, don't do that. Don't say that. Don't go there. There was a reason. All right, why am I wearing a hat? Now, I'm going to tell you why I'm wearing a hat. And, and when I say the first sentence, you're going to know why I'm wearing a hat. And, and then I'm going, to give you, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to recover, all right? So I'm wearing a hat because since the coronavirus pandemic started, I have been cutting my own hair. Go ahead, laugh it out. I get it. You know what's coming next. You know what's happening. Now, now before, all right, all right, that's enough. That's enough. All right, it's not funny now. Just stop laughing, okay? It's not funny. Um, so, I, 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 you know, I get a haircut every two or three weeks or so, and, and that's all been shut down forever. And I, the last day they were open, I ran, and, and, and Jeremy had told me, hey, so-and-so's open. I got there, and they were closed down already. And so, like, I, or Josh told me, I, I had no haircut. So I went online and I found this really cool self-barber blade that you buy. It's got all, and I know exactly how I do my hair. My hair couldn't be simpler. It's a number five guard on top, a number four guard on the side, number three guard, uh, uh, number 
four God to blend it in, number three garden side. It's been cut that way for years and years and years. And I, because I travel, I've gotten my hair cut from California to Texas to Georgia to Florida all over. Sometimes I get it when I'm traveling. And so I've actually cut my hair and done a fine job with it. Monday, I, I had been studying on Monday and I'd finished my, ser- uh, my sermon outline, not my sermon, my sermon outline on, on, on Monday. And I was really excited. And I ran into our bathroom and my wife said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to cut my hair. It's time for a haircut. And she's like, what? why are you in such a hurry? I said, I'm not hurry. I just want to get it over with and get it done. And so I pulled out my really cool kit and I, I put the number five blade guard down and number four guard, number three guard. And I put them all down exactly where they go. And then I double checked them and then I triple checked them. And then I had my, my razor over here and you're supposed to take the guard and you're supposed to snap it on the, on the cutter. And then you just cut your whole hair with the number five. And then, like I've done it uh, before, it's worked out fine because it's simple. And then I had my number five guard my number four guard my number three guard and I was looking right at him and I took the razor and lost my mind and just stuck it straight into my hair and so about right here I have a two inch by two inch bald spot so you either get me in a hat or you don't get me at all um you want to you want to see it no, I'm not going to show it to you. As a matter of fact, my family's not seen it. I won't let my kids see it. They were all up this weekend. I won't let them see it. My wife's the only one that has seen it. And she was in our bedroom when I came out of that, and she saw the look on my face. I had tears in my eyes because I'm figuring out, look, whatever you do, don't die in the next two weeks. I can't do your funeral if you do because I, I got a ball spot in my head. And I'm, I'm thinking of all the things that this is going to affect. And she saw my wife has been so precious to me during all this time. I'm not going to show you what I look like, but I can show you what I would look like bald. There is what I would look like bald. That's my grandson, if you don't know. And um, also, you know, every day I sign on the internet and I, I keep up with the Georgia and national corona. And I look at our Catoosa County, Walker County, the state of Georgia, and national statistics on coronavirus. And I see those counters every day. So I've also started my own counter. Coronavirus 19 haircut tragedies one. Let me know if I need to increase the number. So you get me in a hat for the next few day, weeks or you don't get me at all. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was sitting there. I was standing there. Had everything laid out perfectly. When I picked up that bald razor and was taking it towards my head, I told my wife this the minute it happened. My brain was screaming, stop, stop. Something isn't right. Something isn't right. And I plowed ahead anyway. There's times in your life of more important things than a haircut that your brain is telling you, stop, stop. Something isn't right. That's the Holy Spirit in your life. And the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, that, don't say that. Don't say that. Oh, why did you say that? The Holy Spirit is saying, don't do that. The Holy Spirit is saying, hey, drop that attitude you got going on. The Holy Spirit is saying, hey, don't go there. The Holy Spirit is saying, hey, don't hang out with that person. It is a sin. And prayer is a great time to, a, to do a daily spiritual checkup. When's the last time you just sit down and open before God and say, God, here's where I know I've messed up. Show me, show me somewhere else in my life. Number five, you want to connect with God, be relational. Here was the prayer, for we ourselves also 
forgive everyone in debt to us. I'll just hit this quickly, but prayer is a great time to check up on your earthly relationships. Who do you have in your life that you need to forgive? Who do you have in your life that you're in a bad relationship with? Connecting with God will let you know when you are not right with him. And when you're not right with others, it can affect your prayer life. You know why I can't hold a grudge against my wife? I can't. She'll tell you I can't. Because I pray every day. Do you know why I can't hold a grudge? Be angry at my kids, a church member, a friend. It doesn't matter. You know why? Because I pray every day. And in that prayer time, God grips my heart. And before I'm done, he'll say, hey, wait, before you, hey, I'm not done with you. You remember that thing you said yesterday that you thought you were right? Well, you're not. Sometimes it's good just to say, Lord, hey, what? Who do I need to? Fix things with. Be relational. Number six, and I'm finished. Our sixth conversation starter, number six, be personal. Verse number four, he said, do not bring us into temptation. You want a conversation started with God so you can connect with him? Be personal. That is, you get real with God about the struggles in your life. Can, can I tell you this? This is just my belief. You may be different than me. No one else needs to hear about all your struggles spiritually. They just don't. I think that opens you up for more temptation most of the time when that happens. But you know who does need to hear about your struggles spiritually? God does. And every day, talk to God about your weaknesses. Every day, talk to God about where you're being attacked. Every day, talk to God about where you're failing. Every day, talk to God about where you need help. Every day, talk to God about your temptations. Be personal, and God will be there to strengthen you. The, um, we're under lockdown, and I read this article the other day that substance abuse and unhealthy fads are on the rise. For example, here's what's been happening since we've been under quarantine. Alcohol sales are up 55%. Online alcohol sales were up 243%. Not only that, marijuana sales were skyrocketing. Not only that, pornography is on the rise. The largest porn site in America is up since people have been highest in history. Not only that, people are eating more at home, and we're finding out people are starting to put on weight. Other people, not me, of course, but other, other people are, and they're calling it the quarantine 15. And get this, we're exercising less. According to dat data from fitness trackers, Americans are moving less and sleeping more than before this started. Why am I telling you all that? Because the core coronavirus lockdown is being unhealthy for us physically and spiritually and being at home doesn't mean being holy but it can be be personal with God and find holiness 
even when you're at home. So here are your conversation starters. Number one, be habitual. Number two, be respectful. Number three, be practical. Number four, be spiritual. Number five, be relational. Number six, be personal. And you'll find it easier to talk to God, and you can even build a prayer list around those things. And Christians, hold on in just a moment. I'm going to tell you where you can go, and the video's only up for a few days. I'm going to tell you where you can go to find the three things stopping you from praying, and you're going to need to hear these three things. But before I talk to Christians, let me talk to people who are not yet believers. Every week we have people praying at home who are, who are texting in and telling us, I'm, I met Jesus today, because the starting point of knowing, of connecting with God is knowing God. And knowing God is as simple as A, B, C. Number one, A, you've got to admit that you're a sinner and cannot save yourself. You can't work your way to heaven, earn your way to heaven. You have got to admit that. That we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's you, that's me, that's all of us. We're all in the same boat. B, you've got to believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and rose again the third day. That's the gospel story. And C, you've got to confess him as Lord and Savior of your life. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Admit you cannot save yourself. Believe Christ died on the cross for your sins and rose again. And call out him and confess him as your Lord and Savior. You may want to do that right now where you are. I want to lead you in a prayer. You may be in a room with people. You may be there by yourself. But now's a good time. Just whoever you're watching with, let's just everybody in your room bow your heads for a moment. If you'd like to trust Jesus. Pray a prayer like this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. But I know that Christ died on the cross for my sin and rose again the third day. So just now, I invite Christ into my life to save me, to forgive me of my sin, and to give me a home in heaven. And I trust Jesus and Jesus alone. Hey, look this way. If you just prayed that prayer you, and your intent was to trust Christ as your Savior, you are born again, as we call it. And we'd love to know that because we've got some material we want to send you in the mail that'll help you know the next steps in the Christian life. So take your phone and text the word I did, no spaces, I did, I-D-I-D to 97,000. That's the number. I did to 97,000. I did to 97,000. If you'll text us that, we'll get your number and we'll send you some information in the mail that tells you what to do next in the Christian life because we want to help you. We want to help you. So pull out your phone just now and text, I did, to 97,000. Now, if you're a believer, you got to pray. You cannot connect with God without praying. What a better time. So many people are stuck at home. And you've gotten a weird, funky rhythm in life that's not the rhythm you like or you want to be in. And you're kind of all over the map. And you may be sleeping too much. Who knows what's going on? Hey, can I tell you this? What, what a... What a crime it would be for when you said, oh, I just don't have time to pray. And now you do? And not start praying. It's not an in-depth sermon on prayer. I just gave you six conversation starters to get started connecting with God. Now let me tell you this. Go to this website and go there quickly. pvine.org slash talk. pvine.org slash talk. 
Go there and you'll find out the three things that will stop you from praying during this time. And you need to see that video. It's four minutes long. You need to see that today. Get the, it'll only be up for a few days. So go there, pvine.org slash talk. You'll find out what will stop you and what you can do about it so it doesn't stop you. pvine.org slash talk. Learn how to start a conversation with God. You may want to listen to this sermon over and over again several times this week just so that you're comfortable sitting down, starting that prayer conversation. Let's connect with God just now. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you. Thankful, thankful that you let us connect with you. you Lord, you just didn't tell us to connect with you. You told us to come boldly into the th throne of grace. That is phenomenal. So help us to do that. Lord, so many people watching who've probably abandoned their prayer life, let them get it back. So many people watching who've never really had a prayer life, never been habitual in prayer, let them get started this week, today, tomorrow in prayer. Do an amazing thing. Pevine Baptist Church and the hearts and lives of people who are connected to us. Help us connect with you. In Jesus' name. We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week as we help equip you to apply God's Word to your daily life. For the latest updates about what's happening around Pevine City, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. For more information about Pevine or to get in touch with us, please visit our website, pevine.org. Thanks for listening.